Loving God, loving people. Welcome to Shiloh Church in Oakland, California. Here's today's message from Senior Pastor Javier Ramos. Come on. Isn't the Lord good? Wow. I tell you what, what God is doing right now in our midst is incredible. And I believe this is just the beginning. Just the beginning. If, if you see what happened in Azusa back in 1904, I believe it was. Six, sorry, excuse me, excuse me. 1906. And just the way it changed. It didn't stay there. We all hear the stories of fire and fire departments, but it didn't stay there. If you see, th th that move affected every every city in the United States of America. Every city. And from there, missionaries went throughout the whole world. Because see, when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and engages us, uh, it's unto something. I want you to understand that it is for a reason. If what God does, what the Holy Spirit does in the room right now stays here, that is not breakthrough. I want to say that again. True breakthrough happens when God sets you free and you in turn set somebody else free. That is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. It's never just unto me. It's unto something bigger, unto something greater. And that is what the Lord is doing in the earth right now. It doesn't matter where you go, who you talk to. It doesn't matter if you're in China, Africa. It doesn't matter if you're in Europe. Right now, what the Holy Spirit is doing is he's trying to wake up his bride. He's trying to wake us up and deliver us from our own opinions from our own theology. See, the sad part of 1906 is when we get into 1914, it starts to fizzle out. And you begin to get all these denominational divides, which I won't name, all kinds of de de denominational divides that got created because of man's opinion, because of man's theology, because of what we look like and where we come from. And that is not the heart of God. And so what God wants to do right now is he wants us to understand. And that's why I believe this series is so important about present day truth and what God is saying, living truth every day. It's not called live an opinion. It's not called live my grandmother's viewpoint. I've told Melinda many times, and you can ask her this, I do not believe in golden idols. Fixtures, this was there and that was done. Melt it all. And let's let God rule and reign in our life. Because what God did yesterday will be different from what he's doing right now. And it's got to be that our priority becomes the kingdom of God. Not my feelings, not my ideas not my thing but God's thing where kingdom of God kingdom of God is first and foremost where we see your will be done father on earth as it is in heaven and that is what God wants to do right now in the earth he wants to move in a way where he transforms you don't know how many people have told me we did things that way and it didn't turn out very good. So it's not a good explanation to me. I don't want to see things keep working out the way they did. 
God doesn't want. He's adjusting us. He's changing us. And I told you a few weeks back in the sermon series, you go to the first two chapters of the book, Genesis 1 and 2, you go to the last two chapters in Revelation, and you see the way God intended it, and you see the way it finishes up. All in between, it's us wandering around, trying to figure it out. It's God waiting on us. It's God waiting us for Him to truly be the center of our lives. At the cellular level, at, at the place where He's, as I've used the term before, our operating system, our MS-DOS or whatever if you're a PC person, our iOS system if you're an Apple person. Apple is holier, I believe. You, you saw apple in the beginning of the book, right? That wasn't that apple. Wasn't that fruit an apple? It was an apple. You ask Kathy here from China, she'll tell you in China they don't buy androids anymore because androids that are built in China, they put a bug in it. And they know where all the Christians are at. Right now, we were there four years ago in Guangzhou. The church is not what the church used to be. It's had to go completely underground because they watch, they see everywhere you're at. And so they all went to Apple. So they all got saved. God's moving, and they all got Apple. <laughs> Apple, send me a gift card. All right. And so God is moving, but see, we can't, we can't theologize God into our lives. We can't reason him into how I want him to move in me. See, because his ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. Now, you may have great thoughts and great ideas. You may be the most creative person in the room, but you're no God. And the minute we begin to think my ways are higher than God's ways, guess what? You're calling yourself God. And you're telling God your ways aren't as good as my ways. And so it's important to understand, but it's neat because if you go into Genesis 1-2, just right in the very beginning, the one you see functioning forming, preparing this earth is the Holy Spirit. Bible says he hovers. Bible says he was there like a breeze. Actually, if you look at the Greek and Hebrew words for, for the Holy Spirit, Hebrew, it's pneuma, breath, the breath of God. In Hebrew, it's going to come, but it's not going to sound very good. It's rah, something like that. Okay, más o menos. Same thing, the very breath. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. If we're breathing the same breath from yesterday or the day before, let me tell you, if you're breathing yesterday's air, let me tell you what's going on with you right now. You're dead. You're dead. You are dead. You suffocate and you die. Every day, every moment, you need a fresh breath to come into you in order for you to become and you know when something's wrong inside of you and you cannot breathe it's it's painful it's you're suffocating and, and that's what the holy spirit comes he he hovers over our lives he he comes and he prepares this place so that we can become the very habitation of god it can't just be god and jesus and i know there's a big movement unfortunately it's with a lot of young people a big movement they want to commentary the holy spirit out of the thing but why the holy spirit i would ask well, you know why not god and 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 and, and the Holy Spirit. Maybe we just need Jesus. Or maybe we're okay with just God. You can't. You gotta, it's all or nothing. 
It's God the Father, God the Son. In the Bible, it calls him Elohim. If you begin, and I don't have time to go into that because Marcus took us so long, and so we'll talk about that. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. The Holy Spirit did this. Amen. And I can't preach what the Holy Spirit just did in your life right now. I believe today all I'm doing is putting a period on it, and that's what God's been speaking. You're going to see. It's just amazing. Melinda asked me, did you tell them your sermon so they, all this had happened? I said, no, I did not. They know the series, but they don't know. But, but the Holy Spirit is here. You need them all, not one or the other. You need them all. You need the Holy Spirit in your life each and every day. Jesus, when he came to the earth, he did not begin his ministry. The Holy Spirit came and filled him so he could accomplish something. Not just so he could be radiant and handsome and beautiful. And so he could tell everybody, look, I got it all together. Not just so he could be blessed. Now, don't get me wrong. You will be blessed, but that blessing is meant to be overflow. That breakthrough is meant to affect others. That, that move of the Holy Spirit is not meant to stay here or there. It's meant to go out there. Amen? Amen? And that's what God wants to do with the Holy Spirit. His Holy, the Holy Spirit is a move unto something. You know, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, we've taken the theology of the Holy Spirit all over the place, and it scared people. But we need to go back to what truth says, right? The Bible says, Hebrews 2, 1, it's the knowledge of God that keeps us there. It prevents us from drifting. When we're no longer in the truth and in His Word, then we start to, we start to drift. And all of a sudden, when we say it's a move of the Holy Spirit, it's just a bad dream. It's just too much pepperoni pizza. God told me something in my dream last night. No, it wasn't. It was that you ate too much pepperoni pizza before you went to bed. The other day, I was, uh, fell asleep on the couch. We were watching some TV with the family and my family. All of a sudden, I hear them laughing. I, I, I woke up to the, they were laughing at me. Come on, I need some sympathy. Don't laugh at me, too. And they were laughing and taking pictures of me because I was sleeping with a big smile on my face. And my wife said, what were you dreaming? I said, I don't have the slightest idea, but I was just in a great place. Amen? And I believe that's what God, God wants us to walk into every situation with a smile on our face. He wants us to know His peace. So if you have your Bibles, open them up, please. And because of the move of the Holy Spirit, you should know exactly where I'm going to open it up right now. Go ahead, open it up to that place. Now let's go to Luke 3. Then we're going to go into Mark, and then we're going to go to John. Luke 3, 15 to 18 says, And the people were waiting expectantly. I mean, something happens when we come to church with expectation. Something happens where we're waiting, expecting God to move. And we're all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The stripes, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and to clear his threshing floor. How many of you say, you got some shaft in your life that needs to get cleared? You got some weeds that need to be removed. See, he comes to remove that shaft from your life. 
and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquestionable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. If you run to Mark 1, 9, it says, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately, tell your neighbor, immediately, coming up from the water, he saw the heavens partaking and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice from heaven came, and said, you are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Then we jump to John. Now I love John because it's his perspective. And he shares this from what he sees happen to Jesus. So he doesn't just chronicle what's going on, put it on paper. He actually begins to share what he sees God do and the Holy Spirit do. And so verse 32, it says, And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit. Listen to this. I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him, and I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he Baptized the Holy Spirit. I want you to circle that. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended and then circle remained. The Holy Spirit descended and remained. That right there, remained on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified this is the Son of God. Father, we thank you for the word today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here with us right now. You are in us. You are in us. That same power that rose from the dead is in this room. So, Father, I pray that you're going to open eyes, open ears. Father, I pray any, any opinion, any viewpoint, Father God, that's not from you, I pray that it won't invade what you're trying to speak to us today. We thank you, Father, that we can receive your truth any moment of our lives. So I pray that your truth will be implemented. Not my opinion, not my viewpoint, my, not my persuasion, but I pray, Holy Spirit, that you're going to bring a word that's sharper than any two-edged sword so that we can receive everything you have for us in this hour. You've called us, Father God, to be a people who walk with the full power, a full measure of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So bless this word, anoint this word, in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, amen. There's a scripture in Ephesians 5:18 where Jesus says, do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing how people get caught up with this scripture, should you drink wine, don't you drink wine? This has nothing to do with that. What this scripture is saying is do not get caught up in the things that the world gets caught up. Don't worry about those things. Don't worry about should you do this or do that. Live a life where you are a good host. 
of the Holy Spirit. Live a life where, where you allow him to live with you. Live a life where wherever I do, whatever direction I'm going, I'm taking an intentional step because I want to make sure that I go into that next step full of the Holy Spirit. I want to live filled. So whatever I do, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to watch anything. I don't want to get into any silly talk that is not going to allow me to live filled with the Holy Spirit. I need Him. I, I don't let any of those things distract you from the Holy Spirit. And He's here and Paul's encouraging all the believers to live every day continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I know we there's all kinds of opinions, you know, you're baptized once, you don't need to be filled. Well, let, let, let me tell you, we need the Holy Spirit every day. Call it whatever you want. And I know we all come up with our Chinese Christianese. Don't get caught up in that. But what I do know is when the disciples, Pastor Jules, were hidden in the house, Jesus walked in and showed them it was him. And what did he say? Shalom. And he had to say it again, Shalom. Because they were a little scared. And the Bible says that not only did he say that and show them who he was, the Bible says he breathed on them and he told them, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you go to Acts 2. And we all know every Pentecostal in the room, and don't feel bad if you're not one, Shiloh is an inner denominational church. We got Lutherans, we got, I was a Catholic, we got everything. Spanish service calls me Padre Pastor, which means Father Pastor. That's me, Padre Pastor Javier. PP, PPJ. Too bad it's not PB and J, that would be cool. PBJ, PBJ. So, <laughs> so in Acts 2, we see Jesus tells them, go wait for the Holy Spirit. He's going to come to you. So there, it got them out of that locked room. Right? They needed the Holy Spirit because they were there. They were afraid. They thought they were all going to end up crucified with Jesus Christ. But now it was time to step into the calling of God. And at that very moment, the Bible says he told them to go up to Acts 2. Actually, in that sermon, he, he preached one of the most revolutionary words that everybody took off running. And he only ended up with 500, but only 120 ended up in that upper room. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Jesus was great at minimizing the church, at you know, getting rid of all the shaft. He was good at that. And so the Bible says that in Acts 2, they were up there. And what happened? The Holy Spirit came like a wind whoosh, and filled them. And then the Bible says after that, many came to Jesus. The Holy Spirit came, filled them unto something. First time, so they wouldn't be scared. Second time, so they would do the next thing. Acts 4, same thing. You see the same thing happen. And the Bible says they were filled for that next thing. And it was all kinds of stuff going on. And, and you see it all through Acts. So, you know, use whatever theology and words you want to. You need to be filled by the Holy Spirit continuously. Amen? Every day. Remember, it's that fresh breath. Because if I breathe yesterday's air, if I live in yesterday's salvation, I am there and I'm not here where God wants me to be. Amen? I'm dead. 
I'm living a dead life. What was? Oh, this was. Well, praise the Lord with what was, but I want to go where, where God's going, amen? Because my God doesn't stay still. My God is moving. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And all through the Bible, you see a God who says, I want you encamped in my presence. You see that in the beginning, in the garden, you see that with Cain and Abel to where one grew so jealous he killed another. You see that, you see that the people of God in the desert, right? The original intent that they would all go to the mountaintop, that they would all go to the peak, but they said, you go, Moses, for us. That was never the original intent. All that killing sacrifice you see all through the Bible, all the Levitical law, that wasn't because what God wanted, that's what people wanted. It's good for you to understand you need to take Old and New Testament survey, okay? Amen. All right. That was my plug for Pathway. You could pay me later, Pastor Don. All right. Amen. And actually, my wife teaches that, and it's a very good class. Here we go. So, so you see, in, even in, in, in the wilderness, so it didn't happen that way, but the Bible says, what were they all? They were all encamped around the presence of the Lord. There was a fire, the Holy Spirit. They were all encamped. When Jesus came, the Holy Spirit came and filled him. He was called to be in the presence. He was to live. He came not as God, but he came as the Son of Man to show us how we needed to live each and every day. Filled, and we need to be a good host. You want to know the title for today's sermon? Be a good host. Write it down right there. You better have a piece of paper out and some notes. Be a good host. Tell your neighbor, be a good host. Amen? And, and here we see a Jesus that was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and he's saying, do whatever. Paul's saying, do whatever you need to do in order to live this life filled with the Holy Spirit. In order to be a good host. Don't live under the influence of this world. Don't let it influence and shape the way you live and the way you walk and the life God has for you. Don't live in fear. Don't let CNN control your ideas. Don't let fear of the future keep you from what God's called you to. There's a story of a woman, true story, who went through a hurricane in 1992. She was left with, an, uh, with a ruined house and no power. And she lived that way, assuming everybody else was living that way too. It's actually in the news. 15 years. She assumed everybody around her lived the same way. And she was living this way with no power. And all of a sudden, somebody comes to her and they ask her, why are you living this way? And CBS even reported. And, 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 and all of a sudden, she realized somebody came and fixed her water heater and she had hot water. And she began to fix her house and get connected. 15 years she lived without power. Now she stood strong. She made it through the storm. She was victorious. She was still alive. She survived. But there was more for her, and a lot of us as Christians live that way. We went through a horrible trauma, through a storm, and we're beaten up. We're not connected to the source. But we say, I survived. I'm a survivor. Woo, woo, woo. Is that the way the song goes? Wrong song? Okay. Get my songs mixed up. 
Woo, woo. It's not, I'm a survivor. Woo, woo, woo. No. Am I getting the wrong, I'm getting them all mixed up? Yeah, okay. Delete that from the video, please. All right. <laughs> so here, she was living in this place, and that's how we live. We live our lives without, without whatever know, knowing what it is to be consumed by the overwhelming power of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to live so in tune with the Holy Spirit, and Jesus reflected that. He walked into every circumstance. See, his life was not determined. He did not live in reaction to the darkness in the world. I want you to hear that. He did not live in reaction to the way the world was. Rome was in a horrible place. Society was in a horrible place. All kinds of crazy stuff. But every situation Jesus ever walked into, he brought peace. He calmed storms. He healed the sick. He transformed environments. And that's who we're called to do, not live in reaction to the world. It's so sad. You see the commentaries of Christian and they're living knee-jerk to the world. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you a secret. They're not saved. Amen? So therefore, they don't know the ways of God. What were you like B.C. before Christ? It took an encounter with God. And it took somebody bringing that move, that Holy Spirit into your life. And then all of a sudden you got holy rollerish and you sit at church and you don't bring that same presence with you wherever you go so that you can be set free and others can be set free. And you're wondering why we're still struggling with the same old stuff. Well, because you're living in the past. You're living in a dilapidated house with no power. Talking about how it was and how it used to be and not moving into the promises that God has for you right now. Right now. Not now, not understanding all that God has. He wants to change you. He wants to transform you. He wants to do that in you so that the Spirit wants to fill you unto something. This world is going to change because you are doing what God's called you to do. But it's not until we live full of the Holy Spirit. So don't get caught up, oh, speaking in tongues, not speaking in tongues. That is just the beginning. Now, don't get me wrong, I believe in it, but I know it's a personal edification. Read 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to get all into your theology today. Ah, you come to my house. I'm speaking in tongues all over the place. I drive when I'm in traffic. First thing I start to do is speak in tongues. You should try it too so you don't curse at people. Actually, the Bible tells us in James, that's why he gives us that, right? So we have a tongue that's edifying and mess doesn't come out of our mouth instead. Ooh, it's getting quiet in here. Huh? Come on. That's the word. If I'm offending you sharing the word, that's not offense. That's conviction. That's the Holy Spirit saying you're living below who God's called you to be. 
Amen. That's conviction. God, the enemy, does, he does it in love. He's saying, hey, you're living below, below who you are. You're more than just a saved person. You are to be a carrier of the very presence of God. That same resurrection power should function in your life that when you go to work, when you go to the workplace, you don't go as B.C. Javier. You go as risen and as a new creation in Jesus Christ. Now, am I perfect? No. But we got to remember who, what we are. We got to be a good host. We got to be a good host. We got to be a good host. My family was pushing my buttons all this week, looking at me all crazy. Melinda was tempting me with great desserts, all kinds of delicious foods. I got invited to all kinds of parties. And you know, I'd walk in there and say, No, I'm a host of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Some of you, before you respond, you need to remember, I'm a host of the Holy Ghost. I go into Berkeley yesterday, right before I'm preaching. I took a break from studying, spent some time with my son. We went to run a quick errand. I go to park, no parking, on all these free parking spaces, and only in Berkeley, some guys standing in the stall, out on the street, and I go to park there, and he goes, he's wearing like a karate outfit. I'm like, oh my goodness. And I thought, hey, my son's here. He needs to see, you know, his dad born and raised in Oakland. I'm going to show him what it's like. All these, you know, right there, that's all from time. Hey, I like fighting just like the next guy. Thought, Here's my opportunity. I roll down the window. And he said, no, I'm saving this spot. And the Holy Spirit reminded me. What have you been saying all week? Be a host of the Holy Ghost. So I pulled over, rolled up the window, and I walked out, and I said, you know, you got to be careful who you speak to, because right now you're speaking to a host of the, I didn't say that part, because I said, you may, you may cross the wrong person. If I hadn't been reminded that I'm a host of the Holy Ghost, he, may, he might have met Pastor Javier Ramos from Oaktown, B.C., 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 but imagine if every environment we walk into, we remember who we are. I am a host of the Holy Ghost. You know how you know you're, when you're acting like a good host to the Holy Ghost or not? It's when you figure it's me who's got to get it all worked out. When I got to connive, I got to work a back deal, I got to cheat, I got to steal, I got to do the wrong thing to make this happen. That's not God. That's you trying to work things out. Amen? If, if it's you working it out, that is not the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. We had somebody from service come to me a few weeks back, and they said, Pastor Javier, will you pray for me? I said, sure. They said, well, my, our kids are going from, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ruffle some feathers here, my kids are going from elementary to junior high and from junior high to high school. And we lived in Alameda. It was too expensive, so we moved to Oakland. And now that they're moving from elementary to junior high and from junior high to high school, they want a letter saying that we live in Alameda. Will you pray for me to find somebody in the church who lives in Alameda so I could sign that paper? And I said, no, I can't. Because that is called a lie. That is called a lie. Just in case any of you signed that form, that is called a lie. Brother, sister, won't you give me your PG&E bill? Come on, yeah. 
That is called the lie. And I told him, you know what? I'm going to pray that God moves and that he provides the best thing for your kids. And you do the right thing and watch what the Holy Spirit will do. Hold on. One week ago, we go to a, par to a party at a park, and they showed up. And guess where the party at the park was? Alameda. And they come running to me, Pastor Javier, you wouldn't believe it. Somebody came to us and said, do you want to live in Alameda? They got, we moved back to Alameda, and dollars cheaper a month in rent. That's what happens when you do it according to the Holy Ghost. So when you got to work it out according to your way, when you got to work the deal, open the opportunity according to your way and not God's way, that is not hosting the Holy Ghost. Amen? And we should operate that way every way in every avenue and on the Bible says nothing I want you to hear this the Bible says very clearly nothing can separate us from the love of God nothing not principalities not powers there's no power on this earth that can separate that communion there's a longing in God and in you that Holy Spirit and God want to be in constant common um, communication there's nothing that can separate that there's no big boogeyman there's no evil spirits there's no you know there's none of that there's no witchcraft there's no nothing the only thing is right here in you you're the only thing that can cut that off when you allow your life and you allow yourself to believe a lie of the enemy and live in fear coward back and that's what we operate at as Christians when we're living in fear we feel cornered and we feel that we got to do it our way and then God will see us on the other side that's a lie of the devil and that becomes a cycle in our life, constant cycle that God wants to break you out of right now. I just want to pray real quick before I continue. I'm not done yet, so don't get up and start leaving right now. Real quick, if you're in the room right now and you're facing a, where you got to sign, put your name on a paper and, and you're trying to think of that old nature. I'm going to finagle this thing. Let me just pray for you right now. That's you. Uh, I'm going to pray for you. Lord, I pray for the favor of God right now that we're going to do your, your word says, Matthew 6.33, seek first your righteousness, seek first God's way, then everything else can separate. Well, everything else, everything else will work together. You will bless us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So what closes heaven is the way we think. It's our mindsets. It's, it's what we've got going on. See, Jesus, that's why he could calm. He would, he would have peace in a storm. Because it didn't matter what was going on. He understood who lived inside of him. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just God the Father. It wasn't just him about to die on the cross. He knew all that was going to happen. But he chose to be man, the son of man, and show us this is the way you should live. That's why he said, greater works than these shall ye do also. Because it's not just going to be me walking the face of the earth filled. It's going to be my bride, the people of God, stepping into every arena of life and influencing it with the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what it is to live with the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Jesus constantly lived in response to the Father. 
The gospel message is powerful. The resurrection power of Jesus is powerful. The blood of Jesus, powerful. There is no religion, cult, or demon in hell that can come against it. Nothing, none. He has all authority. The enemy has no authority. It's when you give him access. It's when you give him a foothold and then it becomes a stronghold. That's the only time. It's what we listen to. And we know who we are. We know what's resting on us and in us by what's flowing out of us. Let me say that again. It's, we know who we are. We know who presides. We know who ha is the center of our lives. And we know what's resting on us and in us by what flows out of us. Listen to your words. And you'll know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So some of you need to be like Elijah. And when you hear the God, when you hear God saying, don't worry, it looks like there's a famine, rain is coming. Some of you need to get down and you need to cover your ears in between your knees and not listen to what others are saying. Don't listen to what others are saying. And the nice thing nowadays is God gave us technology. I saw my brother-in-law in here earlier, so I'm going to use him as an example. Right there on my phone. Oops, sorry, Pablo, I didn't mean to call you. But right here, Pablo Coronado. If he's speaking things into my life that aren't of the Lord, guess what? Apple makes it easy for me. See right here, it says, block this caller. Block contact. There's some of you who need to block some Aunt Betty's, some neighbor Susie's, some disgruntled Freddy's. And you need to block them because they're speaking life, speaking death to you, and they're quenching the spirit in your life. Paul said, do not quench the spirit. Then he went on to say, do not grieve the spirit. Those are the borders of our lives. Anything that quenches and grieves the spirit. What's quenching? It's when you block the flow of the Holy Spirit in my life. Fear, when he tells you to do something and you don't do it. What's grieving? Well, I mean, how do you grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, grieve the Holy Spirit is when my heart is pursuing sin and acknowledgement and not pursuing the things of God. Those are the boundaries of your life. If you live a life where you don't grieve or quench the Holy Spirit and you live filled with the Holy Spirit, listen to this, there's no way you can miss what God has called you to do. You will step right into your purpose. But you gotta do with, you gotta do with what you have now, whatever the Holy Spirit has called you to do now. He's called you now to operate that way. He's called you now to live filled with the Holy Spirit. And don't worry when you get to that next place where he's going to elevate you. We saw today God broke some things. Now the way you bring breakthrough and you seal the deal is you take action. You step out. Right? We overcome by what? The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That's when true breakthrough comes. It's not when we play patty cake. These aren't war games. 
tired of intercessors playing patty cake with the enemy. We're not wrestling in flesh and blood. This is an all-out war. And guess what? In the mighty name of Jesus, go. And guess what happens? He goes. You don't got to lay a Bible on its head. You don't got to wickily-galak-a-lack at it. You just got to say, in the name of Jesus, get out of my face. You know why it sticks around? Because you're entertaining the thing. Let's play patty cake. Patty cake, patty. That's why. We had a lady one night. Roll down the aisle. Uh, July 22nd, healing night here at Shiloh, Sunday night. I just put the plug in. Amen. We had a lady rolling down here. Her pastor Eric Butler was here. Her head was spinning every which way. Eyes rolling behind her head. Acting all crazy. Pastor Chris and I were in the office and I could hear like stuff going on. I said, this has gone on long enough. I'm going to walk over there, and you watch. I'm not even going to be able to finish the name of Jesus and watch what happens. I walked to the doorway, Pastor Don, and I said, gee, thank you so much. Her eyes came back. Her head stopped spinning free from the enemy. We need to realize who we carry. It's not me. It's I, the carrier of the, of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. It's that confidence we were talking about that David understood who he was. Now, are we all going to get afraid? Yeah, David got afraid. David ran when his very son, when family comes after you. What did he do? Abraham, we just finished the series. All of his problems were because of his family. God said, let your family go. And what did he do? He brought Lot with him. And where were all his problems? Next couple of chapters. Read Genesis 14 and 15. It was all Lot. And it wasn't until he let that thing go. There's some things, there's some blocks you got to make. There's some moving in the direction that God's called you to go. And you need to operate and you need to move in the direction that God's called you to go. And let me tell you, it's going to be beyond you. It's going to be the Holy Spirit doing a great work in you and moving you in the direction of the anointing of God. And I'm, I don't know about you, but I just hear the Holy Spirit saying right now, I've given you some big victories. You watch what's going to happen. He wants you to be so in tune. The Bible says Jesus, he was so in tune that he was walking in the middle of a crowd and he could feel there was people talking to him and he was laughing and he was asking, hey, Pastor James, you're going to take me out for lunch? And all that was going on. People were touching him. And a woman came and just touched the hem of his garment. And what did he say? Who touched me? I felt the power. I felt the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. He was so in tune with the Holy Spirit that he could hear what the Holy Spirit was saying. That's what God wants for you. And I know he's told you. You stood in line and God told you, buy that person a peach and you didn't do it. That was the Holy Spirit. There were people God put on your heart and he said, call them. And you said, oh, I don't want to call them. I don't want to get into a long conversation. And you didn't do it. That was the Holy Spirit. Stop squenching the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. I had somebody, we sat with somebody 15, 12 years later, 15 years later. And that we were meeting with them at their house. They opened up a journal. They said, Pastor Javier, you prayed this prayer. He had written it all down. You don't know I read this thing all the time. I said, you got to be kidding me. Do you remember this? No. But God used that because it wasn't me. I've told you all before, Melinda married me because I was not going to be a pastor. All I wanted to do was serve the Lord. See, God will bamboozle you at this moment. Just do what he's called you to do. You don't know where he's taking you. But he wants to take you to places that you can't even dream of for yourself. 
He wants you living the best life he has for you. He wants you at peace even when the storm's all around you. You, Barkas, could be asleep in the boat. See, it wasn't that Jesus was asleep. He got mad at them and said, why are you all, why are you all worked out? What are you all worked up for? Don't you realize who is with you? Jesus Christ. And you realize who's in Jesus? The Holy Spirit. What are you getting all worked up for? Ask your neighbor, what are you getting all worked up for? Don't you know who is in you? Don't you know? However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of the age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. The rulers of this age are coming to nothing. We know the end of the book. If you don't know, read the last two chapters in Revelation. You know how it all ends. How many of you like reading the end of the book? Pastor Melinda's like that. She, don't read the book. Don't tell me the book. Here we go. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hiding wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory, which none of the rulers, none of the rulers of this age knew, for they had... For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord. That's, he's telling you, look at how stupid the enemy is. What he meant for evil, God will work it all out for good. What's going on in your life, God knows what's going on. He's got all authority. You see the story of Job. He let the enemy go do what he needed to do to Job so that ultimately he would be glorified. So whatever's going on in your life, you may have gotten you there. God's letting it happen so that it'll squeeze the mess out of your life. And you'll begin to see Jesus glorified. You'll see the Holy Spirit move in a way. And here we go on, and none of them knew. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor even entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Those who love connected to the Holy Spirit. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. But God has revealed them to us through his Holy Spirit. Stop listening to the opinions of man. Go to the book. Stop reading other people's opinion. Go and see what God is saying. Yes, even the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? The things you know, if you know a lot about that and not about, about this, is because that's the spirit of what's in you. That's what's in you. That's what's resting over you, in you, and flowing out of you. Amen? Right where you're at, stand up, because I'm going to read these last verses. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Who resides in you? Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit. Amen? We all love that scripture, Isaiah 64. Father, rend, rip, open the heavens. What's our ministry? The one Jesus had to set captives free, to bring deliverance to the, and to help those that are brokenhearted. Doesn't matter what you do. It's not about the position. It's not about the move at this moment. It's about what we do each and every moment of our lives. Do we live as good hosts of the Holy Spirit? Amen. The Bible says John five nineteen. Jesus could do nothing on his own. He couldn't do anything. It was all the Holy Spirit in him. He chose to allow the Holy Spirit to move in his life. Pastor Melinda was talking to me about washing machines. 
And I was amazed because I think she's trying, you, you all heard the story of how I fixed her washing machine via YouTube. And I tell you, since I did that, my life has been good. She's been taking care of me. I ask her, what, I mean, whatever else you want me to fix, I will fix it. I'll fix it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Because it's been good for me. So I guess she's been reading up on washing machines. And you know what's interesting? In the washing machine, in the washing machine, there's a thing called the agitator. And the agitator is at the very center of that washing machine. And you know what that agitator's for? Shakes up the clothes. Spins it all around. And what it begins to do is it begins to remove the dirt out of its life. It begins to rinse out any junk that isn't of God. And it begins to take it all out and push it out in a way that brings clarity and perspective. See, and the Holy Spirit, I believe right now, is agitating. He's removing some mess from your life. He's taking it all out. He's bringing freedom and clarity right now. He's not out to get you. He's not out to destroy you. He's out to free you of that grime and that dirt that's buried away in your life right now. Right now. Thank you for listening to this message from Senior Pastor Javier Ramos. We invite you to join us at Shiloh Church for worship, prayer, and the message of God every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m or watch us online at shilohchurch.com.